Welcome to Interactions with Reality. This is Season 2, Episode 7. And today we're talking about camping, which camping is good times. If you've never been, I highly recommend it. And this episode is for all those people who have never been camping and want the experience. I'm going to talk about some pros and some cons and some this and some that and blah, blah, blah. Just listen and you'll hear it all. All right, so... um, Most people who camp like to have a tent to sleep in. A tent keeps the bugs off of you in large part, and it also keeps um, you safe from the elements such as rain and such like that. So it can be nice. I like tents. I like camping in tents. But there are downsides. And one is that Those little zippers can be obnoxious when you really have to pee and you're having trouble finding the end. So make sure that you always put the zipper, when you zip your tent, always in the exact same position. So that way you're never in there, you're doing the pee-pee dance and not able to get, you know, the door open. So that's how a lot of tents can get broken. And so we, you know, recommend just going ahead and putting a zipper in the same position. Also know that a lot of tents if not all of them, made in the USA or imported into the USA, have this fire-safe stuff sprayed all over them because a lot of people used to catch tents on fire. So there is like a fire retardant thing, and I believe that is why they all have Prop 65 warnings, which say they're known to cause cancer. So if you want to get out in nature, you have to get in this uh, chemical-infested tent so you can, you know, enjoy the sound of the crickets. So uh, I recommend airing that thing out good, like really good, like at least a week um, before you go. And that'll take care of some of the off-gassing, maybe some of the worst of it. I'm not sure exactly how many years it off-gasses for or, you know, under what conditions the, the off-gassing leaves the fastest. But... In general, um, heat and air circulation are probably the best bets um, within reason, of course, you know. But, yeah, setting up the tent, putting the rain fly on a clothesline, leaving it for like a week, that might be the best move to get the, the tent aired out. Now, if you're really, really, really uh, entrenched in being a city person, you may want to get hammock tent which gets you off of the ground and those are mostly built for little people but I I hear rumor that there's a few big people models but um, mostly I think that's a little people thing so if you're under six foot or six foot and under you're probably going to do all right with one of those Um, they're pretty nice I've seen a lot of them I've used hammocks but I haven't used hammock tents myself personally so Throwing that out there. Alright, um... Another thing I heard about fairly recently is cot tents. Where it's basically a cot that folds out and there's a tent that's attached to it. Where you're up off the ground and you're also in a tent. So, that can be good in situations where there's a lot of rainfall. Um, when general, when you are placing your tent, you want to first select a good area where the rainfall is not going to go into your tent. So there's this thing called gravity. So you look around, and if there's a low spot in your little campsite, 
that's probably where all the water is going to go. So, um, it's a good idea to, to really look at the overall landscape and try to see where the water would go before you put, pick your tent spot. Now, I would say that if it's your very first time camping, there is no shame in going to a legit campsite where they have bathrooms and electricity and running water. Um, they don't have AC, but hey, they got bathrooms and they got running water and they got electricity and that's good enough. Um, so that way you can kind of get your feet wet without jumping in the deep end of the pool. And once you get familiar with your equipment, then you can go jump in the deep end of the pool and have fun with all that too. And uh, the proverbial deep end of the pool is rustic camping where you have no running water unless it's a creek or other natural waterway. And you have no bathrooms. You have to dig a hole in the ground. Um, or just if you only have to pee, you can just pee on bushes and stuff like that. In fact, I would recommend that, especially if you're rustic camping, try to pee around your tent. Like, literally, pee a little, take a few steps, pee a little, and basically you're marking off your tent as, hey, this is my territory. And a lot of predators will respect that, and it can help keep you safe while you sleep in your tent. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Um if you're, let's see, once you've got your tent all situated, you might need to get something called seam sealer. And the seams on some tents, not all tents, but some tents, are built so that they leak. It's just the design. I don't know why exactly. But they sell a lot of seam sealer that way. So basically, you put this stuff on your tent, ideally with plenty of time to dry and let all the off-gassing leave. And then that prevents the water from going into the seams. So underneath your tent, once you find your place, that's about roughly the size of the, the footprint of your tent, um, you can clear it of sticks, twigs, all that sort of thing. It's nice to have a little rake or even a broom um, to, to do this with. And you clear the ground really well. You put your tent up, and then you want to put your bedding in. Now, they make sleeping bags that go down to, you know, however cold it is in your area. They probably got a sleeping bag that goes down that cold. Um, but in general, you know, if it's summer, you might not even need a sleeping bag. A sheet might suffice, you know. Like, it, it's it's really all that's up and down depending on your comfort level and, you know, like what the nighttime temperatures are going to be. Check the weather before you go kind of thing. Um, but you might want to get an air mattress and those off gas too. So air that out also if you get an air mattress. If you get an air mattress, you're probably going to have to pump it up several times because you pump it up all the way and then it slowly stretches and it'll make it seem like it went down, like the air went down in it. So you pump it back up again, and then it goes down again. And you do that several times, and then after a few days or something, it kind of evens out and it just stays firm. So you do that, or you can get these camp mats. They're just like a, a foam mat, essentially. And you just roll it out and sleep on that. And that's that's what I do currently. 
that's what I have currently. Um, it's not the best. <laughs> it's definitely still can can be a rough night sleeping, um, depending on the ground uh, and what kind of ground it is. Um, that's weird. So I'm in the car and I have the lights off. Hang on, let me turn this on. There's what on earth? So apparently, it appears that Smoothie got launched somehow to the roof of the car, and it splattered across the roof of the car. I'm going to have to clean that later. So, random, sorry, back to camping. <coughs> A fire is not needed. Uh, yeah, I said it. You don't really necessarily have to have a fire every time you camp. A lot of people think that you have to have one. It's nice to do. It's fun. It's cool to look at. Not necessary. I frequently don't bother with fire when I camp. And if I do bother with fire, it's normally because I'm cooking something. And I and I make a fire where if I've done it right, the fire goes out right about when the food's ready. So I, I don't really like having to sit there and tend to fire forever. Um, I like to be able to jump up and be mobile without having to worry about you know things catching on fire later. So another thing you want to do while you're setting up your tent is look up. So the reason you want to do this is there are dead limbs that are hanging in trees all around in forests near you. And the the dead limbs randomly fall out if there's a big warm windstorm or something like that. Or sometimes just on a regular day, it just limbs can just fall out of the blue. And if they fall on your tents underneath, well, you're going to get hit or your tent's going to get hit. So uh, when you pick your spot, look up, make sure that there's no dead limbs overhead. And if there is, you probably want to pick a new spot um, because it's kind of dumb to camp underneath a dead limb. They call them widow makers uh, for a reason. So, yeah, there's that. I, I think I've got everything more or less covered with the tent. Um Make sure you have the zipper in the same position every time. That way it's it's easy to come in and out of the tent. I know it's tempting to not unzip the tent all the way. But if you do that, just make sure you're a really graceful person that's not going to like take half the door with you as you try to exit. A lot of times zippers get broken because of clumsy people. Another thing that happens is there's like these lines that help pull the tent out all the way and they they attach to stakes that go in the ground um some people might want to bring like a rubber mallet or something for the stakes that go the tent stakes in general but also those lines are a frequent tripping hazard so if you have a glow stick or something like that that you can affix to the the lines that that go um just basically to tighten up the tent and they go to little stakes and stuff if you can put like a glow stick or something on that line, your odds of hitting it are way lower and it's, uh, you know, or others hitting it is way lower. And that's sometimes recommended. Um, it's not needed though. Definitely not needed. I've never actually marked off mine with glow sticks. So, you know, that's, that's that. Now, tarp camping. Some people just get a tarp and they want to camp underneath the tarp and that's cool. 
But then there's these things called mosquitoes, and then it's not so cool anymore. Um, I did that. I went on a crazy trip. Um, basically, I was I was fed up with society, and I was just like, whatever, I'm going to the woods. And so I <laughs> packed all my belongings, and I got on a bicycle, and I, I canceled my rent. Um, I don't think... I can't remember. I think I was only riding a bicycle at that time because of the town I lived in, everything was right there. So it made sense to just ride a bicycle and not have car insurance. So, um, so yeah, I had a bicycle and I was riding my bicycle outside of town and I got a flat tire. And so I just left the bicycle on the side of the road with the free to good home sign. And I just took off and hitchhiked. And so I hitchhiked like six different rides all the way to a national forest. And that was cool. It took me two days to get there. Partly because I didn't know where this, where a particular trail picked up. Anyway, I was camping under a tarp. And it was a camouflage tarp, which is cool. It blends in easier that way. And so for the stealth aspect, it was great. But um, reality is the mosquitoes ate me alive. So the next night... The first night I had eaten alive, the next light night I was camping in a place where there wasn't many mosquitoes, so it wasn't so bad. All the subsequent nights that were uh, spent in the National Forest, um, I got eaten alive. And I would roll myself up like a burrito, no joke, like a burrito in the tarp. And then I would shine my cell phone light into my hands and kill mosquitoes for a good like 10-15 minutes with my hand just like kind of pop 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 anyway um <clears throat> yeah so i did that and then about 3 or 4 in the morning i would run out of air in the tent and so i would be breathing really deep and i'd be like okay i got to get oxygen so i'd open up the tent all these new wave of mosquitoes would come in along with the fresh air I would enjoy the fresh air and then spend another 10 to 15 minutes killing mosquitoes and then I could go back to sleep. And that is how I did it for like two weeks straight. So when I say tarps are probably not your best bet, I mean tarps are probably but not your best bet. You probably you probably don't want to sleep under a tarp. If there's any mosquitoes in your area, maybe leave that idea behind. <laughs> it's It's not fun. Um, yeah, all right, so let's see, campfire, if you are going to make a campfire, there are some things that you probably want to know, like, for instance, if you dig a hole in the woods, there's roots and stuff like that underneath that can catch on fire and stay on fire for weeks after you leave, and then eventually pop up and catch the whole forest on fire and be a big problem. So to prevent these underground fires, it's recommended generally that um, you place your fire in a spot where that can't happen. So you can build up, you know, put a little sand or dirt down, and then you can, you know, put some rocks or different things as your fire pit to kind of keep everything contained. Um, or you can just, you know, pile a bunch of dirt on and make a bowl out of it and do it that way. Clay also works, whatever. Um but yeah, yeah, it's uh you when you start your fire, it's smart to just get all the kindling and all the stuff you need 
immediately and then light your fire and have it go nice the very first time. Or you cannot gather enough kindling, grab a few things that flash, and then a few much larger sticks, and you can sit there and look like a goon for a long time while you sit there and light a little of of fire, and then it's gone again, and then you're like, you know, trying to throw these big sticks on it, and you're going to look really silly, and the people who know how to start fire are going to sit back and laugh at you under their breath maybe, but they're going to laugh at you and and think that, you know, maybe you can use a little bit of prior planning to prevent all that nonsense from happening. So, um, so if you're going to start a fire, go for things like, let's say, grass. Like if you see grass around um, your campsite, you can look at the base of the grass and you'll see oftentimes curled up dead leaves of grass so or dead blades of grass, I guess you call them. Um, so you can go and pick all those and those burn really fast and easy. Um, if it's raining, look for sticks that are up higher, you know, rather than ones that are on the ground. Cause on the ground, they can soak up a lot of water up high. At least maybe the centers of them would be dry and you can, uh, <clears throat> get yourself some toothpick size size sticks and then you can get yourself some pencil size sticks and so on and so forth graduating all the way up to you know your your regular log that you want to put on it or whatever and you have everything right there everything ready to go all the way up to at least medium size sticks if you want to go all the way up to full size you know the full size uh that you want to put on there like full size logs or whatever you could do that too but if you at least get up to the medium-sized sticks, um, the fire is going to hold for, for you while you go get those other things. So a lot of people, they like to start a little flash fire. It's like a little foof. And then it goes out before they get enough kindling on there. Or they just put a huge pile of kindling on top of it and smother it. And there's a lot of things like that. It's really not that hard and not that complicated. So fire needs heat. It needs something to burn, some kind of fuel, and it needs air. And, you know, some people say a chemical reaction too, but we're going to leave that one out. That's the, what was it, the fire tetrahedron or something like that. Anyway, um, we're going to go with the fire triangle this time because <laughs> it's easier. And you don't have to worry about that that chemical reaction much anyway for this particular thing. So, um so yeah, so you basically, you light your smallest, tenderest stuff that, the stuff that's like paper that'll just burn really fast. And then you put on your smaller sticks only and just a few of them until, you know, just what you can keep up with and still keep some air in. And then you put up the larger ones and you just graduate up from there. You don't put them all in all too fast. Let one catch before you put the next one on. That way you don't smother it out with, you know, too much, too much attention. And, uh, yeah, and then once you get your fire ripping, that's cool. But there's little, like, ash and stuff like that that can fly up in the air and catch other things on fire. So it's really important to keep your fire small and you know, really contained if you're, if you're going to be in a drier area, 
some areas will have fire warnings. Some areas won't allow you to have a fire at all outside of a fire, like a, you know, approved fire pit that they have. Um, there's a lot of regulations on all that sort of thing, but check the laws, check the local laws before you go and before you build your fire. And then if the laws say you can't have your fire, you know, you might still be able to build one in a grill or something like that. But you basically, you want to avoid, um, stuff that's going to, put ash in the air that's still lit or not ash um, like little pieces of of burning matter in the air you don't want that that's not good um if you put like palmetto ferns for example palmetto leaves i guess you call them i'm getting really tired <laughs> if you can't tell anyway then they when they burn up they um they put a lot of that burning stuff in the air and that can land on grasses and different things and start forest fires and you don't want that. So when you build your fire, be smart about it. Look around, you know, like select a really good area that's where the height of the fire is not going to be burning trees and different things like that. That's really important. If you are not familiar with fire, don't build it under trees and stuff like that. If you're really familiar with fire, you can get away with some of that. But know what you can handle and work within your level. Um, Alright, I'm 21 minutes in and I've only gotten to fire. So we're going to continue this episode on camping. On the Basically, it'll be part two of this episode um, next time. So season two, episode eight. Stay tuned. Thank you.